0: Welcome to Subcutaneous, a Beneath-the-Skin Look at Medicine with myself, Dr. Goddard, and David Phillips.
1: Episode zero. What was the episode? Oh.
0: Meet Dr. Goddard. (laughs) Meet me. Hi, I am Lindsay Goddard.
1: And I'm David Phillips.
0: And this is Subcutaneous, a Beneath-the-Skin Look at Medicine, which is... Our podcast about my journey and others journeys into medicine and the real look at what medicine and life and medicine is like. David forced me to do this podcast <laughs> because he thinks I have a lot to say and the name came from my background as a dermatologist and trying to be more than just a surface-level look at medicine and really look into the nitty-gritty.
1: One of the reasons we are uh, calling this episode zero is is this is not going to be the standard format of how this podcast is run. We both think it's maybe a little weird for Lindsay to hop on here and talk about herself for half an hour. So while I will be a participant to a degree in the podcasts of the future, I am actually going to be kind of interviewing her in this podcast as just a way to evoke some thoughtful discussion and a little bit of history on her. So... People who want to know can come back to this episode and learn a little bit more about Dr. Gogger.
0: And hopefully in the future, we'll be interviewing other people and getting their take and experience on medicine as well.
1: Yeah, uh, that's one of the ideas of this podcast is not only to you know discuss topics and ideas, but also to kind of deep dive with other medical professionals and talk about their lives and their careers and how they came to the places they came to be and you know their successes and their failures and their hardships and the great parts of their career and everything like that and really that's the idea behind the name subcutaneous we want to really get beneath the surface level of these people and have interesting conversations with them and show you what it's like what the real life is like
0: yep And you'll find from me that I have special interests in dermatology, of course, and Mohs surgery, which is my subspecialty, um, but also finance, which is my background, and uh, money topics as far as budgeting and finance as a medical professional. But we'll get into that a little bit more as David asks me a couple questions, and you get to know me and the background behind this podcast.
1: All right. Let's get into it. So... We're going to start at the very beginning. Mm. When did you have an idea that uh, you were going to become a doctor?
0: Yeah, so this goes back to fifth grade for me. My mom went back to school to become a nurse, and that was my first introduction into medicine in general and uh, medical things. And I've always kind of enjoyed math and science and problem-solving. And so I think that led me in the general direction of medicine as a broad topic. And kind of being a doctor was just the penultimate of that to me for me. So that was what I pursued. Was
1: it always kind of the penultimate idea? Did you want to be a nurse, like mom, or...?
0: No, and I don't really know why I never really entertained the idea of being a nurse as my mom was. I had kind of always wanted to be an astronaut until... My mom went to nursing school in fifth grade, and that kind of pivoted my career track to want to be a doctor.
1: As you kind of entered your post-high school education, you entered college knowing that this was going to be the path you were going to take, and you were going to have a very straightforward path to, you know, you were going to go straight through, right?
0: Yep. That was always the goal. And in college, I was not sure what I wanted to major in. I started out as a uh, biomedical engineer and then talked to several physicians and asked them if they could go back and do it over again, what would they major in? And I got a couple that said history, or I got one history and one, you know, fine arts degree. And I had several people tell me they would have gotten a business degree, that business, knowledge and background is a huge thing that's lacking in medical school and so they would go back and get a business degree and so that's what I did and at the University of Oklahoma where I went to college you actually can't declare your major in business until you're a junior and so I started out just as a business major and really fell in love with accounting and problem solving in that sense and so as a junior I declared and ended up getting a business degree in accounting.
1: And do you feel like that degree has kind of served you well in the preceding years?
0: Yes, I think it was definitely hard the first year of medical school because while I had a minor in chemistry and I was like one credit away from a minor in biology, I still didn't have the same robust biology and chemistry background as my biology and chemistry major counterparts did in med school. And... Um, I think that some of the business is just a life learning skill and putting yourself out there and so I do think that maybe my internships in business served me well as part of that business background but I think a lot of it like anything in life is what you put in is what you get out
1: okay so towards the end of your undergraduate here it's getting time to kind of apply for medical school and uh, you know start thinking seriously about that how are you feeling at that point about you know continuing on your path to being a doctor did you have any inclinations that maybe you just stick with business or accounting
0: um that was never my intention sometimes i think my dad would have loved me to be an accountant um, and not go to medical school and take on the time and debt that that acquired which i never really understood until Probably hindsight now because it is a lot more than you anticipate. But I was kind of on the on this path, and I never really looked back.
1: You, you know, you're towards the end of your graduate or your undergraduate, and then it's time to start applying for medical mm-hmm. school. Uh, what kind of went through your head when it came to school selection? What was the thought process? What did you uh, want to become at that point? Did you have an idea of the kind of doctor you were going to be?
0: Yeah, and this comes up in your personal statements for medical school. I went into med school thinking that I would be a pediatric oncologist. I wanted to help kids with cancer. Not really sure why, I don't have a reason for why that might be. That's just kind of what drew me in. Maybe it was the fact my mom had breast cancer when I was in high school. um, And so maybe that attracted me to the oncology sphere and I've always really enjoyed working with children. So I think both of those together kind of interested me in that tract.
1: You know, you apply for different schools and you eventually end up accepting at... Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I went to the University of Oklahoma, which was my in-state school. So we'll kind of get into this in future episodes, I'm sure. But choosing where you go to medical school is a has a financial and a competitiveness component too, depending on what residency you want to go into but I didn't know much, if anything, about medicine and residency and what it entailed going into this. So I went to my state school where I got in and had a lower uh, cost of tuition.
1: Do you feel like that ever became possibly a detriment going to a state school? Or do you feel like you did just fine regardless?
0: I think if you put in the effort, you can get wherever you want to get in life. I think it may have been a little harder to get into a very sub-specialized competitive residency. But, you know, when I was going in, I thought I was going to do PEDS, which is not quite as competitive as DERM. But then again, I didn't know anything about this competitiveness and what would entail getting into certain specialties and things like that. So this was all just beyond me at that point.
1: So you went in a little blind even as to how things were, were going to be. For sure. What was your med school experience like? Did you uh, love it? Did you hate it? Like, tear your hair out?
0: Med school was incredible. I loved it. I mean, maybe some of this is hindsight is 2020 a little bit too, not seeing the negatives. Or med rose-colored school. glasses yes. of so history yeah. there. <laughs> but I have some of my best friends are people that I met in medical school and stayed close with throughout the years. I think at the University of Oklahoma, I mean, all I have is my experience, but just from what I've heard of other med schools, I definitely think that my school was very supportive of each other. We all shared notes and lifted each other up. There, of course, are always going to be some gunners in a med school, but I think in general, where I went, we were all very supportive of each other, and even in a very competitive specialty like dermatology, I still keep in touch with the other people from my med school class that went into my same sp- specialty of derm, uh, you know, now, however many, seven years later, I keep up with them. So,
1: yeah, and it's nice that, uh, you know, you hear a lot of horror stories about, you know, med school and competitiveness and, mm-hmm. you know, people. So it's, it's good that to be able to go to a school where people actually helped each other and cared about the end result versus, you know, just looking out for themselves. Right. And.
0: It wasn't completely cutthroat. It was a very supportive environment.
1: So uh, what years was this?
0: This was uh, 2011 to 2015.
1: And you graduated in 2015. Yep. Uh, and you matched into dermatology at that time. Yep. Where'd you go from there?
0: For those of you that are maybe not as familiar with the MATCH process, dermatology has an internship year before you start derm residency. And I did my internship in Spokane, Washington, which is where I live now. And so I went to Spokane for a year and then after that went on and did my dermatology residency uh, in Southern California. So this internship is, I like to say, a glorified fourth year where you're doing rotations, I did a transitional year, you're doing rotations in everything from internal medicine, surgery, pediatrics, you can do OBGYN, um, emergency department, and then subspecialty rotations as well. And so Spokane, Washington has a wonderful transitional year program, and I was lucky enough to get to do that here and fell in love with the Pacific Northwest.
1: Yeah, and you're still even involved to a degree with the TY program here, and...
0: Yeah, it's been great to be full circle and have uh, TY residents who rotated with me in the clinic I worked in here in Spokane for the last couple years.
1: How was your residency? Was that a hard experience? Was it?
0: Yeah, residency was actually hard. It's interesting. Everybody talks about dermatology and how easy it is. And while it may be easy as far as number of hours per week put in, that doesn't mean that the whole experience itself is easy. And so I did my residency in Loma Linda, California, which is a small-ish town um, far away from people that I knew. I had friends in L.A., but still about an hour and a half drive. And um, it's just a lot of studying and learning and self-directed study and seeing patients and kind of a big, fast learning curve. And then for me, I was new going into derm residency that I wanted to do most, So I had that extra pressure on myself to do well and achieve and match into a highly competitive fellowship.
1: You're wrapping up your residency. You're in Southern California. Yep. Uh, and now it's time to uh, move on and you're going to apply to become a Mohs surgeon. Yep. Tell me about that process.
0: Yeah. So this is a very competitive specialty with a match rate of about 50%. So almost lower than most residency applications and then you're competing against the creme de la creme of Durham residents to get into Moes Fellowship. But Mohs Fellowship is very much an apprentice-like model and so an important part of that application process is spending time rotating in clinics. So I spent most of my vacations, my second and third year of residency, of Durham residency, uh, spending time in different programs and rotating for longer than a typical interview day, which would be a day. So I was rotating three days to a week, spending time with different surgeons, and that I think is an important piece of that puzzle, which we can talk more about in a future podcast.
1: When you uh, matched in the derm, or at what point in your residency did you decide that it was going to be Mohs surgery mm. was going to be your end goal?
0: That's a good question. I actually knew that. Before matching into derm, I matched into derm, wanting to be a mo surgeon. I knew I wanted to do mo surgery as a third-year medical student from my exposure with um, amazing mo surgeons and mentors that I keep to this day uh, at OU dermatology.
1: Okay, so you apply, you uh, get into your mo fellowship. Yep. What does that mean for you? You're you're going to move.
0: Yep. I moved from Loma Linda, California to La Jolla, California. So shortest move that I've done yet.
1: (laughs) And then what does your life look like as you enter your fellowship here? What's the difference? How is it different from being a resident?
0: Yeah. So I was super happy to be a Moe's fellow. Interestingly, my hours were way worse. (laughs) Working 12-hour days, not uncommonly. But I was so happy, which is, this is what I love to do. I love doing surgery. I love treating cancer and curing cancer on the same day and being a pathologist and a reconstructive surgeon. It's just, I mean, this is what I was meant to do. So it was incredible. I had an amazing mentor, Dr. Greenway, who trained with Fred Mose. And I had two fellows who I am still close with to this day and can bounce ideas off of and so we really got to work together as a team and we also had to endure COVID during our fellowship so it was an interesting experience and absolutely incredible i feel so lucky to be a mo surgeon and to have trained at scripps
1: great and then so after that um you know you've been kind of poking around during this process and Mm -hmm. you know looking for long-term jobs and everything like that and you end up coming back to spokane
0: Yeah, so interesting. I applied to many jobs and had kind of always dreamed about moving back to Spokane. It's something that I had talked about ever since I was an intern in Spokane. And one of my mentors here, Cameron Chestnut, I had told him that I wanted to come back to Spokane, and it wasn't really looking like a reality. Uh, But a few things lined up and we made it work and interestingly turned it into a fellowship as well. I was Cameron's first official ASDS or cosmetic surgery fellow and did a couple days a week of Mohs surgery independently or with him and three days a week of cosmetic surgery fellowship training where I learned to do uh, blepharoplasties, facelifts, fat transfer, all kinds of interesting cosmetic surgical procedures.
1: And one thing that's always kind of interested me about this is it's like all this, you know, sort of facial plastic surgery is really can apply to your Mohs surgery Mm. skills and stuff like that with, you know, these hard repairs and everything like that. it's a really great tool to have in your toolbox as a Mohs surgeon is different sorts of facial repairs, right?
0: Definitely. And I think having done the Mohs surgery fellowship beforehand, made me uniquely prepared and in a great situation as surgical foundations go to be a cosmetic surgery fellow.
1: So that brings us to uh, the next stage in your career, which Mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, you are actually currently a uh, Mohs surgeon that works locums.
0: Yeah. So after my fellowship, I stayed on with Cameron for about a year and then transitioned to full-time locums work. So, Locum Tenens is a traveling physician, and so I travel to rural-ish places or places where they need a mo surgeon or a mo surgeon is on vacation and do cases for them. And so I started this in December of 2021. And I'm kind of just getting my feet wet and learning more about this. And I'm excited to hopefully do a whole session about locum's work because it's a whole new frontier for me. And I think a lot of doctors aren't even aware of this career path. So that's been fun.
1: Yeah. And it's been exciting, I think, for you a lot because it actually involves a lot of business, right? Like you're not just, you know, it's not just surgery and everything like that, but you are now running your own business. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And I think a physician can make this as much a business endeavor as they want, and obviously I'm interested in that, and so kind of made it more of that. I have my own S-Corp, and uh, do almost all of my own contracts and negotiations for my jobs. I have about six locations that I'm going to start traveling to in the future, so...
1: Yeah, and the great thing about it is also, you know, you keep yourself as busy or, mm-hmm. you know, as light as you want to be. And fortunately, you're in a position where, you know, a most surgeon that can travel is highly in demand. And, you know, there's more work than you can shake a stick at, right?
0: Yeah, and there are pros and cons to this way of life, which hopefully we'll get into in a future episode.
1: Well, that was... a. Uh, very interesting. Thanks for telling us a little bit about your path here. And uh, so as we kind of mentioned in the beginning, this episode is a little bit different than the standard. It's uh, kind of me taking the league on the questioning and interviewing Dr. Doggart. Uh, in the future, she's going to be kind of taking the league and we're going to be having lots of kind of interesting conversations about, you know, it could be, uh, you know, financing, you know, the uh, managing your income, You know pursuing your dream specialty there's all we've got a whole pile of things coming up here and even
0: some things we mentioned earlier like alternative careers i have some very interesting people to talk to about that as well as my career paths that have been different and then even we can talk about dermatology and competitive specialties and things you can do to you know potentially get into those types of careers
1: Yeah, and it'll be, you know, we just want to kind of create a little community here where it's really about mentorship, really open communication, honest perspective of what it's been like, not just for, you know, Dr. Gogger, but for other doctors and other healthcare professionals of all types. You know, there's quite an interesting list of people we have to talk to, so it'll be uh, pretty fun.
0: Yeah, actually, recently was at a meeting, and everyone was very intrigued by... My locum's career and I think that was also one of the things that got me excited about this podcast and just talking to people about different options and not everything has to be such a you know prescribed outlook on life and how to be a physician and things like that and so I think being real and talking about these different things and I've also had people in the past tell me that people would be interested in hearing about finances and the ways I saved money and thoughtfully used different techniques to do the best i could with finances in a tight situation such as residency and med school and so i'm happy to talk about those things as that's one of my other passions so i'm excited to share all of that with you guys and answer any questions or comments that you guys have and kind of just build a little community here like david said
1: well thank you dr goggard
0: yeah Thank you.
1: We'll get back to it, (laughs) and we'll see you guys next time.
0: Subscribe.